Omagyana Timirandasya, Yananjana Salakaya, Chaksurungalidamyena Tasmai Shibhuve, Adinulambita Bhujo Kanagabharato, Sankitanai Kapitoro Kamalaya Takshu, Vishwamboro Dvijabaro, Dugadharma Palo, Vande Jagatriyakaro Karunavataro, Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sahodito, Gorodai Pushpavanto Chitro Sandotamono, Vande Ham Shri Ramakrishna Abhaya Sharanasako, Sukhado Paramanando Sundaro Sukhapriyo. Hey Krishna Karuna Sindhu, Dina Bandhu Jagatpate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namustute, Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vushavanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriye. Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Pantra Ki Jai, Radhi Gopal Ki Jai. So while I'm here, I wanted to discuss the Brahma Vimohan Leela, which is an important uh, Leela and section of Srimad Bhagavatam and related topics. And yesterday, given that we discussed the our lineage coming from Bhakti Vinod and Bhakti Sadhantasas, we thought that it's natural for us to move, if you will, in that regard and in the direction of the Brahmavi Mohanila from historic uh, time to the mytho-historic time and the notion that our Sampradaya is also known as the Brahma Gaudiya Sampradaya or the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. Obviously, when we bring Brahma into the picture, he's a prominent figure in the Brahma Vimohan Lila, then we shift to what I refer to as mytho-historic time or time in which history was not recorded the way it is now. Hmm? And events were not thought about uh, perhaps in the same way as they are now. <clears throat> about that, um, there are some two uh, strong opinions, I would say, about that is to say, the Brahma Madhva, so Gaudiya Sampradaya, as opposed to the Gaudiya or Chaitanya Sampradaya. That means that within the Gaudiya community, there are two uh, strong opinions. One opinion is that the Gaudiya Sampradaya is connected to the Madhva Sampradaya and to the Brahma Sampradaya. The other opinion is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started his own Sampradaya. With regard to the latter, Jiva Goswami has said in his own uh, auto, auto commentary on the Satsangharvas, uh, at the onset, that uh, he offers his respects to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who started his own the fountain of 
many rivers of lineages that constitute, you could say, the Gaudiya Sampradaya. There's no reference, for example, to Madhva, Brahma, and so on. Um, however, uh, there is a, a verse that is attributed to the Padma Purana that it, it would appear uh, that uh, this verse was taken seriously by a number of Gaudi Acharyas, both in the past and in the present. Um, by the present, I refer to uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who, who re we refer to as with regard to our party bar, we, we refer to it as the Bhakti Vinod party bar. Party bar means like family, community, lineage. Um, when we were speaking yesterday about Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthakur, we, we, we mentioned that he was given Harinam, given the blessing to chant the holy name and beads to chant on by his father, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, and he was given a mantra diksha by Gorkishodas Prabhuji. And uh, formally speaking, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was in the Nityananda lineage of Parivar, coming from Nityananda and Janara, consort of Nityananda, became prominent after Nityananda's uh, passing from the world. And whereas Gorgashurdas Babaji is uh, affiliated with the Advaita Sampradaya, Advaita lineage, Advaita Parivar. Uh, so you have eternal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from whom, whom who made disciples and thus thereby formed lineages, whether it be Gadadhar, Dvaita, Nityananda Prabhu, Jiva Goswami, Lokanath Goswami, and so on and so forth. These are the different Paribars, if you will. Most of the Paribars are, um, are connected to original associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu present during his, his lila, mm -hmm. but a couple of them are referred to uh, with emphasis on a prominent person within um, one of those lineages. I'll give you two examples. I mentioned Lokanath Goswami. He was, along with Rupa Sanatan, uh, residing in, in Braj and assisting in excavating the places of Krishna's pastimes and manifesting, if you will, to the public, the virtues, the glory, Leela Stalis, the places of Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan that had been lost over time. And as I said, the kings were uh, honoring their vision and building monuments and bathing gods and temples and so on and so forth. And you see some of those today, if you go to Vrindavan, ancient sandstone uh, uh, architecture and so forth. But Lokanath had a prominent disciple, and he said to be the only disciple of Lokanath Goswami, the illustrious Narutam Thakur, Sri Narutam Thakur, Mahashai, Pijai. And unlike Lokanath, who had one disciple, Narutam Thakur had many disciples. He was from a, 
a family uh, born into a family of Chetrias. He had some administrative <laughs> uh, conquering uh, disposition, I guess you could say, to some extent. And he went far and wide and um, brought in many new persons to Gaudi Vaishnavism. And because of the breadth of his distribution of the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is very prominent. Not only that, of course, he, he wrote uh, very um, uh, I would say uh, with great expertise, uh, taking complex theological and philosophical concepts and putting them in simple Bengali language songs and poems that common people could um, embrace those abstract concepts more readily. Mm -hmm. um, something like the Puranas are to the to the Upanishads, so find the writing work of uh, Lokanath uh, Goswami. Uh, or excuse me, Narutam Das I mentioned yesterday that Gopishore Das Babaji was considered to be illiterate, but he used to carry with him wherever he went um, Prem Bhakti Chandrika, which is a songbook of Bhakti. You know, so what it means exactly is what is illiterate, to what extent, I guess he could read the poetry, or he just liked to keep the book. He seemed to know the poems and those of Raghunath Das, as mm -hmm. I mentioned yesterday, that he was singing and, and Thakur Bhakti Siddhanta Sarachi Thakur took note of. Um, so the point is that we, and it's common to refer to the Narutam Paribar. You don't refer to it as the Lokanath Paribar, but it is the Lokanath Paribar. <laughs> but because of such a prominent contribution, so much attention has been given to Lokanath. So this is, or to Narutam, this is an example of uh, putting focus on an Acharya, let us say, whose contribution was extraordinary in terms of the breadth and expanding the, uh, the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now we give another example of Shamananda Prabhu. We see that he was a disciple of Hridaya Chaitanya, who was a disciple of Goridas Pandit. Goridas Pandit is thought to be the uh, uh, Subal Saka of Krishna Lila, Anarna Saka, expressing himself in, in Gora Lila. Hridaya mm. uh, Chaitanya is his disciple, and so uh, Yuki Krishna Das was a disciple of Hridaya Chaitanya, who became known as Shamananda because of an internal extraordinary event that occurred in his life in Braj, where he had been sent to study under Jiva Goswami by his guru, and <laughs> wherein he had an epiphany. And, uh, and from the apricot unmanifest realm, uh, he had intervention in his life and it showed up physically. Mm -hmm. um, he was sweeping a place of Krishna's Leela and he found uh, an ornament mm -hmm. and 
like an earring or something of a, 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 a ankle, ankle, ankle bell, lady, and wondering what, startled by that and what to do with it, uh, he had the apparition, uh, the appearance of, uh, of uh, maybe Malita Saki or someone, Saki. That's mine. Thank you very much. She pressed it on his forehead, and it made an indelible mark, like T-lock. Some of you know the story. And when her Chaitanya says, "Why are you wearing a different T-lock than our than our party bar? He says, "No, it's not like that." He told the story, which is unbelievable at the time. <laughs> uh, and so uh, uh, there was a controversy about this, and. And in due course, controversy first was resolved when Shamananda went into the trance. And in the trance, he got a message from Subal who said, tell your guru this, because then he will know that only he knows that only I and he know that. So he'll know that you have the capacity to enter the apricot to receive such messages. So, so Hridat Chaitanya was awed by that. And now from this day on, that day on, I should say, it's referred to as the Shamananda Paribhava. Mm -hmm. So when Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was asked by his disciples, who going here and there, were themselves asked, what Paribhava are you associated with? They didn't know exactly how to answer because, well, Bhakti Vinod was in the Nityananda Paribar, uh, and, uh, and he was a, a guru of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthakura and Gopishar and another Paribar. And so Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthakura reserved, resolved the issue by saying the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. So he put emphasis on Bhakti Vinod, not an unprecedented thing. And Bhakti Vinod, as we heard yesterday, was dubbed the seventh Goswami, his contribution is. is comparable in some respects in terms of the, the number of texts that he wrote and in, in doing so how he was re-establishing in his time uh, an orthodox understanding of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the midst of many misconceptions, misrepresentations of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, taught, what the Goswamis taught. Um, and also he, like the Goswamis, manifest, if you will, Vrindavan for the community at the time mm -hmm. through their vision, he manifests Navadvip, mm -hmm. establishing the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, writing his book Navadvita Mahatmya, taking us through the realm, what, what's happening where and so forth. So there's, there, there's a um, good reason to uh, refer to him as such. And so we refer to ourselves as the Bhaktivinoda Parimala. And Bhakti Vinod was someone who, for one reason or another, took the verse from Padma Purana that I referred to seriously. That verse says, what? It says there are, there's two verses, I think, but it says there are four sampradayas, four lineages, four conduits from the Paravyom, from the spiritual world of this world. And they are uh, uh, led by, or the presiding, they're presided over by Lakshmi, um, uh, Shiva, 
Kruger, uh, Sanat Kumar, Chapter Four Kumaras, and Brahma. Hmm. So these are the four sampradayas. And the verse says, any mantra that's re not received from this sampradaya, they will not produce any fruit. So this verse, uh, as I say, for one reason or another, Bhaktivinoda took it seriously. I don't think that he took it seriously in an effort to refute the other idea that, well, this is Chaitanya Sampradaya. We don't care about there's only four Sampradayas idea. Um, but I think that other Sampradayas outside of the Gaudiya lineage may have taken this verse more seriously. And in order to gain credibility with them for the lineage, which Chaitanya Mahat, which Bhaktivinoda was trying to put on the world stage. He was trying to put Gaudi Vaishnavism on the stage of the world religions with Christianity, Judaism, Islam, um, Buddhism, if you will, and so forth. Uh, that's what, what he was trying to do in his universalist type of uh, approach, which was a book accommodating, broad-minded, and so on and so forth. And so to uh, gain uh, acceptance, acknowledgement from the other eight more ancient Sampradayas who in historical time were uh, we find Vishnu Swami in the Rudra Sashiva Sampradaya. We find Imbarka in the Kumara Sampradaya. We find Ramanuja in the Sri Sampradaya. We find Madhva in the Brahma Sampradaya. These are persons in historical time who wrote uh, commentaries, for example, on Vedanta Sutra and uh, articulated the metaphysic of that a particular line. So we have the myth of historic, you know, we can't find them in history. Lakshmi, Brahma, the Kumaras, um, Shiva, and so forth. And then we have historical figures, and they're, they're, they're well, a thousand years ago or so or more as, as well. And then some more, much more recent time, we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Bhakti Vinod was uh, quick to honor all the other Sampradayas. He wanted the other sympathies on a Gaudiya sympathy. In fact, he predicted that all the four, other four sympathies, or, or all the four, because he considered Gaudiya Vaishnavism to be a, 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 a subline of the Brahma Madhva line. We'll get into that a little bit. It's a bit technical. But uh, um, uh, he predicted that all of the four sympathies will come to the to a point of celebrating Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's contribution, acknowledging him as the Yuga avatar, um, and so on. Now you may wonder when's that ever going to happen? Mm -hmm. But in a way it, it already happened in that these other sampradayas, the Rudra Sampradaya or the Ramanuja Sampradaya, let's call it the Madhva Sampradaya, the Varka Sampradaya the Kumara Sampradaya, in the modern world today, they have gotten attention through the Gaudiya Sampradaya and through, within the Gaudiya Sampradaya, the Bhaktivinoda Paribara. 
and largely doing the work of my Gurmaraj, who was traveling widely and placing his books at university libraries and so forth. And in his discourse, in his purports, as well, he's of course bringing up the different sampradayas here, here and there, all of which these four are opposed to the, to the monistic perspective of uh, Adi Shankar, as a way to Vedanta, which had more or less a monopoly on what is Hinduism, what it's all about in academia and in the popular sector as well. Any Christian you would talk to would think, oh, in India, they say that you're God, that there's a soul and it's one with God, and we, don't, we reject that and so forth. But this is just one form of Vedanta, one out of four. And the other four have a much more nuanced perspective and posit doctrines of love of God, where the Atma is not in all respects synonymous with the Godhead. There's enough difference for there to be reciprocal relationship in what we call love. So that monopoly, if you will, that Shankar had was broken by, largely by Prabhupada's work. He built a bridge from India to the Americas in Europe that previously no Acharya from other Sampradayas would venture to cross as if the earth was flat. As if you went to the other side, you don't know what would happen to you, where there were casteless people and who knows what they were like and every blonde haired, blue-eyed girl was a prostitute. This is the kind of things they would hear uh, and so forth. So Prabhupada built a bridge, made it possible for them, for them to come. And, and they did, the Sri Sampradaya. You can find in North America, temples of the Sri Sampradaya in a lot of major, major cities and so forth. Um, Brahma Madhva Sampradaya, a little less uh, active in terms of reaching out, but also I think there's one Acharya from Madhva that has gone beyond the borders of India and so forth, where you have to bathe in something other than a river. Um, uh, so in academia now, you'll find people interested in even doing dissertations on the different sampradayas and, so, and amongst all of them. Most interest is in Gaudiya Sampradaya because it's just too interesting. <laughs> it's too it's one and it's different at the same time. There's just too much to think about, too many angles to, to, to look at it from. And of course, it gives the most information about God. You could say, I don't know if I believe it, but no other religion is giving that much information about him, both his majestic uh, feature and how he appears in love and intimacy and, and so forth. This is, of course, the, where the Gaudi Vaishnava excels. That's why it refers to itself in terms of its ideal as Prem Prayogen. No other Sampradaya says our goal is Prem. They say our goal is Mukti. Now they have different ideas of what that Mukti constitutes. But the Gaudias posit a Panchama Purushartha, a fifth goal beyond Dharma, Artha, Kama, and it's not something you say too loudly. That's not for everybody. Dharma, Artha, Kama, 
to be religious is one thing. Yes. And as a result of being religious, to, to live a good life. Dharma, Artha, Kama, be happy. And why would you want moksha? Why would you want moksha? But you have to listen, listen very closely and find that happiness is the beginning of distress. Because you can't keep it. If you like it, well, when it's gone, that's a recipe for disappointment. So moksha is, 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 is the goal, right? It's, it's you're leaving now the world struggle. And, and finding that there's more joy in the self than there is in all the possibilities of the world combined. What speaketh the, the self then connects with its source in some capacity. What will be the measure of, of, this, of, this, of the knowing? What will be the measure of, this, of, that, of the joy in this? The freedom in this? That which everyone pursues will be found in that in uncertain terms and far and above and beyond the extent to which you could attain that by any other means by acquisition. So Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. And now you make your head spin beyond Moksha. Not to, uh, what is it, Turiya? Turiyatita Gopala, Upanishad says, Turiyatita Gopala, the fifth, beyond moksha, frame, frame prayerjana. Very, very uh, radical idea. I've given the example, a numerical example, that when we are subject to the influence of karma, we're in negative numbers. So we're taking, and so we more our life involves taking, and so it also involves owing. And the owing at least corresponds with the amount we take, if not more, the debt we incur. So if we come from negative numbers to zero, that zero has a positive connotation in comparison to negative numbers. It's so big that zero in comparison to negative numbers. But people arriving at zero can't think beyond that. What could be beyond that? I've ended the suffering of material existence. It's over. I have a kind of knowing now that by which I can understand there's nothing more to be known. It's me. I know myself. I mean, that's what everybody's looking for. So we go to the moon. What are you looking for? You're looking for yourself. Everyone trying to find themselves, that's all. Going here, there, at great expense, and with great effort. No expense, but some effort. <laughs> you turn inward, you can find yourself. Bigger than the moon, brighter than the moon, brighter than the sun. Sabitu varenyam, Sidina. Self and the source. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then says, well, zero is big and compared to negative numbers, but are there any positive numbers? 
Maybe Ramana says, maybe there's one or two. <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, 108, 1,008, million and eight. The brain that he posits is full, but what else? It's ever increasing at the same time. So this is a very peculiar uh, and intriguing idea, a captivating idea. To understand Gaudiya Vaishnavism properly. And you can see practically, as I'm saying, that the prediction of Bhakti Vinodhakur, in many respects, has come to pass because all these sampradayas, by virtue of Gaudi Sampradaya and our particular paribar, uh, have gotten recognition. Now they need to recognize where it's come from, and they have to some extent. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it's hard to ignore these uh, Western was, I should say, or Prabhupada's disciples, his original disciples, um, running around in robes and shaved heads and so forth, quite a visible bunch. Um, so, um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur wanted, as I say, to get Gaudiya Vaishnavism on the stage of the world religions and bring the Gaudiya Sampradayas along, along with it. Hmm? Um, you can find at the Chaitanya Math, which is the original kind of the headquarters of Bhaktivinoda's Gaudiya Math. He has a deity of Ramanuja and Vishnu Swami, Mimbarka and, uh, and Madhva in his temple and so forth. Um, And so I believe that the verse attributed to the Padma Purana was one that Bhaktivinoda Thakur felt that other sampradayas took seriously. And therefore, it's important, I thought, to make a case that our sampradaya, the Chaitanya sampradaya, is somehow connected to one of those four sampradayas. And the obvious one would be the Brahma sampradaya, for reasons we'll go into, because we're talking about Brahma gradually getting there. Hmm? Um, relative as he is to the Brahma Vimohan Leela. Some thoughts about Brahma. One of the, you know, in one sense, the leading character along with Krishna, Gopal Krishna, Tejai. Uh, so um, he argued uh, along these lines that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya is connected to the Madhva Sampradaya, and Madhva Sampradaya is connected to the Brahma Sampradaya, as the Madhva Sampradaya itself says. Madhva Sampradaya says that Madhva, who was initiated in an Advaita, Advaita Sampradaya, was not happy with the conclusions of the Advaita Sampradaya and posited a theistic perspective that wasn't very well received by his mentor, but uh, based on his own insight, Charisma, he went forward and wrote his own commentary on Vedanta Sutra, which was diametrically opposed to Dvaita, as we can see by the very name of it, he referred to his vision as Dvaita. Advaita means non-dual and Dvaita means dual. So he gave a polar opposite uh, interpretation and explanation of the implication of the sutras. The sutras of Vyasa are the first attempt at theology in the world. Theology is to reason about revelation. So before the Catholic uh, theology began in Europe, 
as a result of empirical facts brought to light and insights of Aristotle that seemed to be in conflict with a particular faithful interpretation of the Bible, they had to start to reason about their faith and adjust and, and so on and so forth. That's called theology. So before that, Vyas, as it's thought from the traditional point of view, having manifested the, 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 the texts um, and Bhagavatam in particular, his final work wrote, uh, well, I should say, uh, he wrote the sutras, which were kind of uh, a, an attempt to show the concordance of the many different things that are said by different scriptures to show they are all making a concerted point rather than being disconnected texts and so forth. Uh, so the, the nyaya, of the logic of the scripture, what is it? What is it all coming to and saying? Now he did that in, in, in sutras, in codes like shorthand. Hmm? So different acharyas then took the shorthand and said, "Well, this is what the shorthand. This is what he's saying." And then they came up with the different lineages, Ramanuja, Madhava, and so forth and so on. In the Chaitanya Sampradaya, of course, or the Brahma the Gaudiya Sampradaya, as you like. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, well, we don't need to write a commentary because according to the Buddha Purana, the Bhagavatam is the natural commentary on Vedanta Sutra. Here's the longhand version of the notes that uh, the Sutra is, is constituted of. And it's clear what it says. And one of the things it says is Krishna's Tuva Bhagavan Swayam, and this is the central focus of the Brahma Gamoran Veda, which we will get into. Um, but uh, but Bhakti Vinod was concerned to uh, uh, adhere, find a way, if you will, that the Gaudiya Sampradaya would, 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 would not be outside of the statement of the Padma Purana. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, he didn't have to look too far because back Kabi Karnapur, one of the eternal associates of Mahaprabhu, who did a lot of uh, original, who wrote a lot of original Sanskrit compositions, uh, prominent uh, author and poet, Kabi, in, in Gaudiya Sampradaya. He lists his own Sampradaya in some text. Um, and my memory, my memory serves me well, which it doesn't always, but I think it does in this occasion. He connected it to the Brahma Madhva Sampradaya. And centuries later, Baladeva Jibhusan, in his commentary on Vedanta Sutra, the Govinda Bhasha, which is a Gaudiya commentary on the sutras, despite the fact that Bhagavatam is already in the natural commentary written by the author of the sutras himself, Baladeva found himself in circumstances that warranted or mandated that, that he manifest a commentary. He won't go into those circumstances, they're interesting, but that is the Govinda Bhasha. Govinda means, Govinda Bhasha means Govinda speaks. It said the Govinda Ji deity, Radha Govinda, the deity of Rupa Goswami, spoke this commentary to him. Hmm. And in the introduction of that commentary, he lists his Guru Parampara and he connects it to the Madhva course. He was in the Madhva Sampradaya. From that Sampradaya, he became converted to the Gaudiya Sampradaya. 
but he connects the two and back to Brahma. So relying on such texts, there's also some uh, literary contribution of Vishnu Chakravartakura, I believe, that, that as well makes this connection. So there is a good um, support for this particular perspective. Now, the verse we're trying to conform with, if you're not, if your mantra doesn't come from one of these four sampradayas, it won't bear any fruit. Uh-oh, you better be connected to one of these sampradayas. So how is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu connected to one of these sampradayas? That's the argument, right? The verse itself, well, as it turns out, it's not, at least in the present day, can't be found in any version of the Padma Purana. So the other side says, well, who cares for that verse? We can't find it. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, as I said earlier, he formed his own sampradaya, so it could be taken in that way. And, and his doctrine, theologically, is quite different from Madhva's. Hmm? In fact, it has a different name. It's not called Dvaita. It's called Achintya Dvaita Dvaita. Achintya Veda Veda. That's a complex term in itself, but it, it really fits Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which is pretty kind of complex and confusing. <laughs> Makes your, turns everything kind of upside down. Um, like, as I said earlier, for saying, who cares for moksha? What? I mean, this is the goal of life. We're not interested in that. Mama Janmani Janmani Shwari Bhavata Bhakirahi as Mahatma said, I don't really care for It's not a concern for me. I only want bhakti. It doesn't matter where I am. Bhakti is beyond moksha. So just wanted to mention, and I realize I've gone into some depth about it, but it's good for you to know that there are these two schools of thought within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Really, it doesn't have that much bearing on us, does it? We can think, well, who cares, whatever. <laughs> but in times gone by, it's, uh, it's, we're more these were more important. Uh, you're in India, and the credibility of your lineage is based on certain criteria, and so on and so forth. Uh, here, if we meet a saintly person, we'll just go with it. <laughs> uh, but that's not always the best, because he should be saintly, she should be saintly, have good character, and so forth. But there is a body of revealed knowledge that his or her teaching should be based on, conform with. We say Veda Mata. And Guru is often in that regard considered like a like like a parental figure, a fatherly figure. Let's say that's a little patriarchal, but Guru Father and Veda Mata. And these two, there's no divorce there. No, no divorce. Says that and guru, what did he say? They say wife, they say husband, esposo, esposa. They have the same mismo opinion. <laughs> <laughs> There's no divorce there. And this is a this is a, this is a, this is important because you could just make it up as you go along and so forth. And 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 but if you if you're um, your theology, then there's a standard of knowledge that you have to relate back to and so forth. And this is in, in serious schools of uh, spiritual uh, discipline in, in, in India. This is important. Mm. 
follow the, the sacred texts, right? So, um, so one way or the other, uh, uh, something about Brahma in relation to our sampradaya. So if we look at the sampradaya as the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya sampradaya, sometimes Madhva say, we, we don't accept you Gaudiyas. Mm -hmm. we, we could say, well, we have more reason to be connected to Brahma than you do. You, 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 you say that you're correct, connected to Brahma. It said that Vyas, as I said, wrote his own commentary, and then he needed someone to, to affirm it because it was, it was diametrically opposed to his guru in the way to Sampradaya. So what did he do? Well, the story is that he went to the Himalayas, okay, and everything okay? <laughs> I think he said Vyas, but not Madhva. Okay, so Madhva mm -hmm. went to the Himalayas and to, to find Vyas. I'll go to Vyas himself and get my, my commentary confirmed. So it said he went there and he found Vyas. Now, it just so happens that that area where Vyas is thought to still be, you can't go there because of Chinese and Indian political conflict. So you can't, can't go there. They arranged nobody can go there and see him today. But the time's gone by. Vyas is thought to have, or Madhva is thought to have gone there. So that's obviously an article of faith, right? Within the Madhva Sampradaya, he went and contacted Vyas, the legendary. Uh, but really, it's the spiritual, the spirituality of the person of Madhva that was compelling and his ability to explain the scriptures in a way that uh, made sense hmm, to other people. Hmm. And um, because Brahma is the guru of Narada, and Narada is the guru of Vyas. Oh, we made a connection with this. This is the Brahma Madhva Sampradaya. Now, we, 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 we're fine to be connected with that, even though there's theological difference there's a formal connection hmm? it's an interesting subject in itself we won't go into but but our connection to brahma sampradaya is perhaps more credible than madhva's madhva's is an article of faith that he's connected to to vyas and thereby through to, to madhva or to 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 to, to brahma but in the Madhva Sampradaya, what is the Diksha Mantra? Well, it's not the Diksha Mantra that we receive. Our Diksha Mantra is the Gopal Mantra. And where does that mantra come from? That mantra comes from Krishna. And who was the first person that he gave it to? Well, according to Gopal Tapani, where the mantra is revealed, Gopal Tapani Upanishad, he gave it to Brahma. According to the Brahma Samhita, fifth chapter, that was so important to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Krishna gave it to Brahma. That's the mantra that we chant. We got the mantra. <laughs> we got the connection to Brahma. <laughs> you may have gone there, may not, but he didn't give you the mantra, apparently. So, uh, and I don't mean that, I mean that in a humorous way, because we do honor the, the faith of the Mantra Sampradaya. We have no problem being generous with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Madhva and acknowledging their um, 
and vitality and credibility in their perspective. It's a different perspective than ours. Theirs, for example, is a Vaidhi Marg Sampradaya. So they're interested in love and majesty. They worship Krishna in Udupi, but they worship him uh, with reverence. The puja in the morning goes on from about four in the morning till noon every day. It's a pretty majestic affair, give you an example. Um, and that's a valid perspective. We say we can go to there you can reside in, in Vaikuntha and worship the God in, in, in majesty. There's no problem with that. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami in his the second chapter of Adi Lila makes a strong argument for the central point that's played out in the Brahma Mohan Lila, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. That's a verse that comes earlier in the Bhagavad in the first canto, but the narrative of the Brahma Mohan Lila that we're going to talk about, it, it's played out in the story, in the Lila. So he makes an argument, Krishna Das, that, that at the, a strong argument for Krishna being the source of Narayan. Krishna, that's what Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam means. Krishna is the original fountainhead of all forms of divinity. He makes this argument. And the end he says, but some people say that, uh, that uh, and, and then he says on top of that, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna. He says, well, some people say, but some people say that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is like a, an avatar of Mahavishnu. Possible. You can see it like that too. That, there's a way of looking at it like that too. It's not objectionable necessarily. That's another angle of vision. People in Vaikuntha, they don't know about Goloka. How can they? They're worshiping Narayan as God. And somebody's going to tell you there's a place where God. Like in Sakurasa. Sometimes they serve Krishna, sometimes Krishna serves them. What? God's going to serve me? The Loma of greed. If you're greedy, that's kind of embarrassing. So the the idea of the Gaudi's idea of how worshiping God is an embarrassment. Like, you want to treat God like that? It just doesn't compute. The place of Radha, if Krishna's bowing to the feet of Radha, this, this doesn't compute. God is God. They have this majestic perspective. So Golok is a little hidden from them so, so that they can have their place. Uh, it's not as bad as this at all. It's good, but it reminds me of a story, of a joke that used to be told when we were kids. We're, I was a Catholic boy, and um, at that time, uh, it was before the, I think the, the church became more ecumenical in relation to the Protestants. We were taught that the Protestant boy lived next door. Well, he wasn't going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Only through the Catholic Church. And so it was said that, well, so and so went to heaven and God you know, took him on a tour. Let me show you, the, show you around. And um, he, 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 and he, and, and uh, 
And so, so what's that big wall? He said, oh, that's the Catholics. We built the wall so they can think they're the only ones here. <laughs> so there's a wall around Baikunta. It's not as bad as that, it's not sectarian, but so that they can think. Otherwise this idea will interrupt. Yeah, sometimes Narayan and Baikunta shows some Krishna Leela. That's, that's charming, that's cute, but that's not something that you can participate in. He just does that. He's gone. So Gaudiya Madhva, no Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya or Chaitanya Sampradaya, either way. Um, but that's it, we're introducing Brahma into the conversation by way of identifying as Bhakti or as our Sampradaya with the Brahma Sampradaya. Brahma. To continue, discussion about him uh, is thought to be a the um, the. Well, here's a question for you: Does the universe have intelligence? Does the universe have intelligence? Now you have to be intelligent to answer this question which I just answered. I guess so. <laughs> if we have intelligence, there's intelligence in the universe. Does the universe have an intelligence? Well, as above, so below. So if we are the microcosm of the macrocosm, in other words, if we, our body, mind, makeup is elements uh, of the greater whole hmm, in, in, in a microcosmic manifestation, and it's not much of a leap, right, to say that as intelligence is present within the microscopic uh, manifestation of material ingredients, whatever they are, however you want to talk about it, from the Sankhya point of view, from the Bhagavad Sankhya point of view, from the atomic uh, quantum perspective, so on and so forth, our bodies are made up of the stuff. They're part of what's out there. As I say, life is about what's out there and who's asking the question. Are they the same? Are they different? That's what it's all about. What's out there and who's, who's asking? So we have our answer to that, but relative to the discussion, it would seem, yes, that it's reasonable to conclude that the universe has intelligence. We know it does. It's manifest microcosmically. So is it much of a jump to say it's manifest that there's a macrocosmic intelligence? So this is a, this is a very broad way, right, of introducing a theistic argument to counter naturalism. Uh, of course, naturalism includes intelligence and, uh, and whatnot and uh, mind and emotions, kind of, by saying they're an illusion that if you really look closely at it, this can be reduced to physical stuff. Is there a rainbow? Are there colors? Well, physically speaking, no. You can say that. 
not what you see. That rainbow is not what you think it is. Physically speaking, it's something else. And it's not very exciting. And there's nothing over the end of it either. Where the dreams that you dare to dream really do come true. We can analyze the world physically and come to a conclusion what things are physically. But is that the only way to look at it? Is there other ways to, to look at what it is? You can look at it from an emotional point of view, from, an emo from a physical point of view, you could, you could conjecture that emotions are only part of the physical, but that's where it breaks down. Very emotional life, experiential life, a sense of self, subjectivity, qualitative experience, all these things don't sound too physical. To try to reduce them to the physical is the biggest problem with physicalism in terms of it being something that could be conclusively demonstrated, objectively demonstrated. I heard a fellow say, the, the hardest thing to reduce or just physical stuff uh, is consciousness. Everything else we've got. My reply is consciousness is everything else. You haven't gotten anywhere yet. You've got nowhere. You can't reduce consciousness. You, can't, you didn't do anything. That's everything. And of course, there's a whole argument, which from our side is that it's just the opposite. Matter is reduced to consciousness. Matter is just an experience. And based on that experience, you've got a certain story of what's out there, whether it be a Puranic story, whether it be a, meta, a quantum physics story, a Newtonian physics story, there's all kinds of stories of what's out there. People are living in these stories, which are all just a product of consciousness. To get to the virgin state of matter is impossible. Hmm? We have a subjective experience of it. It's an experience and it's non-experiential. It's experienced. So, so we're more idealists. We're not wholesale idealists. We don't say that there's nothing out there. We say it's just not what it looks like. And the gross matter has its uh, origins in subtle matter, and subtle matter has its origins in consciousness proper. Stones don't think they are thoughts. That's something we're thinking about. So there's a this is the whole argument of Vedanta. This Vedanta is the original form of and psychism, of idealism, and so forth. So I make this argument because we're asking, does the universe have intelligence? We're saying yes. But what would it look like? The Vedas say, well, maybe four heads instead of one. How's that? For all the directions, north, south, east, and west. And that those heads contain all intelligence, which is found in the four Vedas, 
Rig, Sama, Yajur, Atharva, coming out of the four mouths. The Vedas are said to be like the sky in the mind of the Yas, where everything can be found. So now, okay, so you have you have reason that there's intelligence in the universe. We can go into it deeper, but I've got a willing audience, so we don't have to be too more to make too many more arguments for the support of that. There's intelligence. Now we posit how would he look? So we can say, those who have seen him, say he has four heads. Now, this is common, right, in Hinduism to personify everything, not just intelligence, but the various powerful manifestations of nature, like the rivers, the mountains. Um, interestingly, in 1972, um, I think his name was Douglas Williams, who was a Supreme Court uh, uh, judge in the United States, the highest court in the United States, wrote a dissenting uh, opinion on a particular uh, legal argument, in which, in which he said, uh, was like, I think it was in regard to uh, environmental issues, that rivers, valleys, beaches, and mountains should be uh, identified as persons. They should be legally made person. Legally, they should be called persons. They should have the rights of persons. Uh, in the United States, corporations are persons, legally. They have rights, and they violate them, or <laughs> violate ours sometimes. But uh, uh, there's, a, there's a Native American uh, tribe in Northern California that has, is, is, has been pushing for the legalization of the Kalmuth River to be legally declared a person. So these are not just old ideas necessarily. Now, obviously there's some difference in what we're talking about here, but it, it's a way of looking at life. If we look at the rainbow, how it makes us feel, is, are those feelings not real? Do they, do they have no? Yes, if we look at it just as a phys, from a physical point of view, you could say, but, but physical is not the only thing. The natural world is not everything. There's more than the natural world. If there's only the natural world, then there's nothing unnatural. So don't be a naturalist and an environmentalist at the same time. <laughs> they don't go together. It's a very difficult walk, talk to walk, naturalism, materialism. A very uh, flat earth kind of uh, perspective. So we are emotional beings. We think that subtle matter and our emotional content has an impact on the physical world. And we think that both of those are driven by consciousness itself, which is not uh, limited conf or confined by time and space, it's eternal. We're constituted of, of, of such. This is our worldview. So in our worldview, we're gonna see things differently than we see there's a Brahma. He's the universal intelligence. He's the deity that presides over Bodhi, the Gyan Shakti. As explained in Bhagavatam. Mm -hmm. 
Vigyan Shakti. Intelligence is, is thought uh, in Vedanta to be that by which things manifest, by which they become intelligible, known to you. Hmm? So Brahma, that is intelligence, infused, as it's said to be, by Shakti from Bhagwan, hmm? he, whom he is a representative of, manifests the world with the help of sound. Things take shape, things and by sound they're categorized, nama and rupa, form, name and form. Hmm? So some idea about the Brahma as creator. Hmm? Now, that is thought to be a post, as you know, that one can attain. Typically, it's said that if you follow the Varnashram, which is very difficult, onerous, so many rules, so many regulations that it is Brihat uh, Bhagavatamrita, commentary, Sanatha Goswami prays, when will I be free from all of this? Ugh. And truly be a bhakta is what he means because bhakti transcends sabaipumsa parodharma. It is the parodharma. Again, this what to speak of beyond being beyond moksha certainly is beyond karma. Hmm? Way beyond, far beyond. Hmm? It is it is a it, beyond the dharma mark, it is the parodharma. Hmm? And nothing can stop it. Nothing can check it. And it fully satisfies the self, both the supreme self and the individual self. So, Varnashram, by comparison, is a very difficult path. In Varnashram, there's so many things that you have to do, and you have to do them perfectly right, or you're going to get the wrong result, maybe even the opposite result. And in Bhakti, by contrast, if your heart's in the right place, but you do it wrong, you'll get the result. Hmm? So it's a, it, it's a doctrine of love. Where there is where there are rules, there is no love. Where there are love, there are no rules. Varnashram hmm? is rules by law. Varnashram is a cage. Hmm? When we come out of the wild, put us in a cage in human life, don't do this, don't do that. Like I said yesterday, say please. Okay, here you go. Say thank you. All right, here you go. You do that well, they can say, hey, you can come out of the cage. Come out. From, from, Brahma, from Dharma Jignasu, inquiry into how to be moral to Brahma Jignasu, beyond morality. From a, from a, a seeking to make a temporary solution by pressing down here, only to find that it goes up over there, to trying to solve the problems of the world, to concluding the world is a problem, perception. This is a big jump, right? And from there to go with the frame, so far, so far, so easy comparatively. But just to underscore, underscore the, the glory of Brahma as a post. You have to perfectly execute Varnashram Dharma for a hundred lifetimes to attain the post of Brahma. Good luck. How pious you must be. 
you tremble to think about that and, and reflect upon the, the, the generosity of Mahaprabhu, which is not a license to be immoral <laughs> by any means. Our morality is whatever is favorable for bhakti, that I accept is good. But is ever unfavorable for bhakti, that I accept, I, I reject as, un, as bad. This is, my, this is my good and bad. And the generosity of Mahaprabhu, of Krishna, apichad sudaracharu, bhag. If you have that kind of ananyabhag, that kind of shraddha in me, I'll cover for you. Mokshayishami mahasucha. What does he say? Sarvadharman pratijamami kam sharanamrit. Aham tvam sarvapapebhyo. Aham, don't worry about, you didn't follow the Varnashram. Now you're going to get bad karma. Don't worry about that. With me, bring Yamaraj to me. I'll talk to him. I'll send the Yamadutas if they come to get you. Don't, don't. I'll send the Vishnu Dutas. Don't, the Krishna Dutas. If the, if the Yamadutas come after you, don't have to worry about that. So we're going over the head of Dharma, over the head of Moksha. But Brahma's position, just from a karmic perspective, this is, this is the height of rajas. rajas. Raja guna is not a bad thing. Things only happen by rajas. Hmm? Uh, by Thomas, nothing gets done hmm, in a negative sense. <laughs> by rajas, all kinds of things are accomplished. It's, it's the creativity. Rajas is creativity. Hmm? It is, it is uh, intelligence in Bhagavad Sankhya which is talking about what's out there, uh, is, is ahankar, ego, influenced by raja, guna. That means it, it, intelligence is creativity. And it's, creativity is a beautiful thing. Oftentimes people identify creativity with spirituality, poetry, dance, drama, cinema, arts, uh, whatever it may be. So, uh, intelligence, uh, discernment, discrimination, the better part of valor, as they say in English. Uh, if, we, if something registers with our chitta, a sound, you can ring it. With our booty, we determine, oh, the sound was a bell. With our manas, we say, I like the bell. Or you might say, I don't like the bell. And then that determination is connected with our ego, and what we're like. I like this, I don't like that. This is antakar and subtle body, right? So Brahma presides over Bodhi, and Bodhi unravels on hankar. When it is infused with spiritual insight, when it's spiritualized, Brahma has spiritualized uh, intelligence. This is the Veda, right? When we lend our intellect to uh, applying ourselves and understanding the, the teaching, the, the, what the scripture is saying, and so on and so forth, this spiritualizes the intellect. This is the beginning of unraveling then 
of the ahankar and realizing that the ahankar is the problem. False ego is the problem. Without Bodhi, we won't understand it's a problem. So the position of Brahma is very, very extraordinary. It's interesting, of course, that he only has one temple, I think, in, in all of India. Shiva has many temples. Vishnu has many temples. And this is the triumvirate, right? Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva in Hinduism. So Brahma doesn't have a lot of devotees. Gaudiya Sampradaya, he has a few. Uh, but there's a reason he only has one temple. It said that he was performing a sacrifice, and at the time when it was appropriate for his wife to contribute her part, she was busy trying to get Lakshmi and Parvati to come to the, the Saraswati to come to the come to the sacrifice. And Brahma was in a difficult situation. He said, Indra, get me another wife or something. So Indra reached out and grabbed a girl from the cowherd village of Brudge. It said, because that she came through the cow, she was considered to be pure. Because the, all the parts of the cow are represent different, different, different gods are represented in different parts of the cow. And the ghee, which the essence of the cow's milk, of course, is, is, is used for luxury, for sacrifice, where we commune with the gods, right? The cows. So, so Brahma accepted her as a wife. Her name was Gayatri. So this is a Gayatri mantra, right? Well, everything's fine in, 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 in Brahma Loka, but in the coward village, they were upset. So they petitioned Vishnu and said, what's going on? I'd like to kidnap one of our girls. <laughs> so Vishnu said, well, all right, well, I can't, I don't want to override what, what's happened here. So I give you the blessing that in the future, I'll appear in your community. Hmm? Vishnu said, I'll appear in your community as a cowherd. This is, this is the, um, what is it called? The caste? Uh, mm. Abira. Hmm? Abira. This is this is the Krishna's uh, and Albira. A little bit of a little bit of Brahmanism in his Vaishyaness. A little bit a little combination there. If you look at his heritage, his lineage, genealogical table of Krishna, we can, we can find. So he so Vishnu uh, appeared, and of course, when he appeared, Gayatri said, Hey, you know, I want to go back. So she manifests as Kam Gayatri. So the implication of the story, of course, is tied to the fact that Krishna gave Gayatri to Brahma. Krishna gave Gopal Mantra. You can add to that Kama Gayatri, the Gayatri that corresponds with the Gopal Mantra. We got a strong connection with Brahma at the dawn of creation. When Brahma was searching out his, his, his source, he heard the sound tapa. He did meditation. He had the darshan of Krishna internally. Krishna appeared before him. And Krishna spoke to him. Four essential verses of the Bhagavatam. He, he, he shook his hand, as the Bhagavatam says. Krishna, the verse says, Yavan Sakya Sakyuriva. He dealt with them in, in terms of friendship. Krishna Chakrabhakura says, Brahma, as a result of this, desired bhakti in the mood of friendship. Hmm? Prabhupada says, from this we can understand most definitely, he says, that Brahma is in Sakyarasa. Now, 
there are many Brahmas, as, as, as there are many universes, so many heads, bigger universes, uh, is the idea of a multiverse. And while it's possible to attain the position of Brahma by Varnashram, which makes you a pretty extraordinary person, it's also possible to attain that by Gyan. And sometimes a Bhakta takes the role of Brahma. We see this in the Brihad Bhagavatam, when Gopal Kumar became Brahma for a long, long time. His travels towards his, his destiny. His guru determined, Sadhusanga determined destiny in Goloka. He became Brahma. So Vishnu Chakravartakura does comment in his Bhagavad Tika that sometimes by Bhakti, sometimes by Gyan, sometimes by Maharashram. So different Brahmas, different ways to look at him. Who is Brahma? Here I'm giving evidence from Bhagavatam itself, that Brahma is a devotee in Sakyarasa, or this is, would be a result of his receiving Diksha and Siksha from who, who is described in both Brahma Samhita and Gopal Tapani as uh, in Gopavesh, in the dress of a Gopa, he came. Of course, now he was, had Gyan Mudra like this, giving a blessing, speaking wisdom, and so having a guru profile, Krishna with a guru profile. He wasn't like fully exposing himself in Sakirasa and wearing the freedom that the Sakis have to interact with him is, is, is uh, mind boggling. When Sukadev saw it, his, 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 his mind was, it blew his mind, he said. My mind is blown, he said, in, in Bhagavatam. That's where the phrase comes from. That, <laughs> that how, they, how they're interacting with him. This will come in the narrative as we go, as we go forward. But there's a case to be made, if you will, in Gaudiya Sampradaya, that our Brahma, who, who's the head of our Sampradaya, is himself... Uh, ideal himself, he himself idealizes Sakyaprain. This is one of the currents of our Sampradaya. Sometimes people say all the Acharyas in Gaudiya Vaishnavas are Manjaris, Gopibhav, a particular kind of Gopibhav. Most of them say that, don't understand what it is, but uh, and they and and, 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 and they say it in a way that's very um, um, uh, objectionable. Now you have to understand this point. When we talk about Krishna's friends, when we talk about Krishna's uh, girlfriends and boyfriends, we're talking about that which is most endearing to Krishna. We have to tre tread very, very lightly there to even talk about such things. Who are we? talk about there. So, something has been said, we, we try to repeat it and think about it, but the, these are people, devotees, that are, that, that their praying is Krishna. He is the object of the praying. You have, you know, for love, there has to be the object of love, there has to be the love. They are the love, he is the object, that they're one. This is a chintya beta beta. Hmm? Nothing higher than this. Therefore, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur wrote his poem, 
Pujala Ragapata Gauravabhami Matala Harijan Kirtanarangi. This is very, we worship not in awe and reverence God. We have awe and reverence for the Gopas and the Gopis. Hmm? For how close they are to Krishna. How, what is their position? If they may bless us, we'll glorify them, what they're really about. And what they're not. Let's talk about what they're not about. 80% of the time. Hmm? It was his campaign, obviously, what it's not. Because it's easy to misunderstand. Hmm? Then it's like a football game. Gopis are better than, than Gopas. It's okay for football, but that's in this world. All these gradations, for that matter, all of this is relative only to this world and useful if properly understood for sadhana. Otherwise, in Golok, in Vaikuntha, everyone is the best. And everyone says, everyone else is the best. <laughs> and that's the fact. <laughs> Everyone's the best and everyone else is the best. Hmm? Whether you're in reverential love or you're in Madhuryarasa or in Golok, hmm? it's all perfect. Hmm? We can say, Krishna's perfect in Dwarka, more perfect in Mathura, most perfect in Vrindavan. That's true. This is for help us for sadhana, but we have to be very careful hmm, that we're doing sadhana and not turning it into some kind of mundane uh, competition and so forth. Of course, now, with just a little bit of reflection, we could say, what? Everybody, every guru in Sampradaya is in Manjari Bhav? Did you forget about Nityananda Prabhu? Oh, he's also Manjari? No, 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 no. Don't. Some people go there, but the Goswamis don't go there. Oh, no, no. That is not how they, uh, what they revealed about Nityananda Tattva, Bhagavan Tattva. No, 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 no. And don't believe me. You look and see yourself historically. You think that Gauri Das Pandit and uh, and uh, and um, uh, so many associates of Nityananda Prabhu, they were distributing Manjari Bhav. There's no record of that whatsoever. They were distributing Gopa Bhav to the mercantile community in West Bengal, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was cheering them on. He told Nityananda Prabhu, "Don't come to Jagannath Puri again next year." Go to Bengal. I love them. All those people. Hmm. The big mercantile community, Saptagraha. Deliver them. Hmm. And how is he delivering them? By giving them Sakyabhav. That's a big community. By the time uh, the British occupation, Prophet said half of Calcutta was made up of those people. And Prophet came in that, that family. Hmm. That, that, it, the patron saint of his family was Udarandata Thakur. Hmm. One of the Gopals of uh, of Christian Balaram and uh, disciple of Nityananda Prabhu. So you say Nityananda is in, in, in Manjari Bhav. Where is he giving Manjari Bhav? Anyway, everywhere he's, he's giving Sakuras. 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 No, it plays a support, supportive role in the Gaudiya Vaishnavism. That means the main show is Mahaprabhu pursuing Radhabhav. Stepping into the shoes of Radha and experiencing the self from her vantage point. 
And, but there's no one who champions that more than Nityananda Prabhu widely. Go there, get this. But in the course of doing that, some people will be influenced by him. And it's not uncommon that Sakiras will glorify Madhuriya Rasa. Hmm? We find it in Brihad Bhagavatamrita in the form of Nard, who's also in Sakiras, according to Rupa Goswami. Hmm? Different kind of Sakiras than Braj. Hmm? He is the the main person in, in, in the first canto of Bhagavatamrita, and he's the one who says, he heard, hears from Krishna. Hmm. Uh, what is that verse? When Nara is looking for the highest devotee, he finally comes to Dwarka and he meets Krishna. And the topic of the gopis come up and Krishna loses it. The Nari feels like I've made an offense over this. Krishna's become disturbed. Krishna doesn't think like that. He says, Guru Upakari. The best friend, the best helper, Guru Upakari, Guru Upakari, hmm? Smriti Dapriyanam, is the one who reminds one of his beloved. Hmm? This is the work of Krishna's Narmasakas, and Nard, of course, is the Vaidhi Bhakti manifestation of Madhu Mangal, who's a Narmasaka in Braj. Second candle, great Bhagavatamrita. The, the protagonist is Gopakumar. Sanatana Goswami has used him to show the virtues of Golok and Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? We like to do that. Nityananda Prabhu as Balaram, he cannot directly participate in Krishna's Madhurya Rasa, hmm? except on a rare occasion of gopis of Balaram returning to Braj to deliver a message. Hmm? That's a special occasion, different ways to look at that. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, and he does that secretly, otherwise, in Braj, he's not involved in Krishna's romantic affairs because as the elder brother, he, he will bring some reverence to the mind of the gopis and they won't be able to freely interact with Krishna. He has to stay out of the picture. But when Krishna wants to taste gopi bhav, Balaram, who's his best helper, is going to go with him. As Nityananda he is telling everybody, look here, go chant Bajagoranga Kahagoranga, Lahagoranga Namri, Yejanagoranga Bajisayamat Pranre, and people thought, I want that. He says, don't chant Krishna Nam, don't follow Krishna's teaching, <laughs> follow Gore's teaching, worship Gore, chant Gore Nam. Hmm? And whoever does that purchases me. And he thought, I want to be purchased by him. And someone purchased by that current of his own Sakibab, in which he plays a huge supporting role of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, Vindamandas said, Nityanapu gave Gopi Ras to the world because he gave the world to Gore. Sometimes you see that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu like this one hand out to the people preaching. Other hand, he's lost in Mahabharat. And Nityananda Prabhu, both hands out, is giving gore to the whole world. That's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So Balaram gets to participate directly in Madhurya Rasa in this way. Mm -hmm. well, he does in Goloka too, in a supporting role, manifesting himself as the couch, mm -hmm. ornaments, other, other things. But this is indirect. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he is in Sakyasa. Now in Gaur Lila, 
can openly glorify that 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 ideal. And he does. So where is Brahma in all of this then? If Nityananda Prabhu was in Sakharas, so many he initiated, they began the Sampradaya. There's two groups of the Sampradaya. It begins the Gopals and everybody else. What ties all the Gopals together is Sakharas. Everybody else is tied together by not being in Sakharas. <laughs> in terms of who are who are they in Gorilila? Who are they in Krishna Leela? Right? Who, who's who? He said. So if Krishna is to come as Gore, well, where is associates? And he said, oh, it's us. So who are they? That's a big topic. Who are they in Krishna Leela? <laughs> who are they? And different opinions. Hmm? Different opinions, different conjectures, using Shastra Yukti, drawing on the Shastra, reasoning about it, listening to other sadhus, especially what the sadhus themselves may say about themselves. Like my groomer said about himself, I think that's conclusive. Hmm? If we want to know what is his internal life, well, did he say anything about it? Matter of fact, he said quite a bit about it if you pay attention. Many of my gobblers said, oh, probably didn't talk about that. I think we might want to read this book and put together all the things he said about it. It's quite a bit. It's quite clear. Hmm? It's probably the most uh, powerful praman in his poem, not meant for public, for the public. It's, it's eked out, memorized by Sridhar Marsh, and thought deeply about his poem. The prophet's aspiring for this ideal to herd cows with Krishna all day long, frolic, somersault in the forests, after forest. Kutavani chutta chutte vani kai lutaputi. Chutta chutte lutaputi. This sounds like Sakyamasa itself. So we find in the modern day this current also arising again. We find it in Nityananda Prabhu. We find it in the Netigrana Prabhu's associates who were all initiated and so forth. Some of those lineages are still alive today and current and so forth. And we find it in Brahma, we can make the argument. From Brahma, we find it in Narda. In Narda, we could find it in Vyas. What? Who is the Vyas? Who, who is the Vyas of Gorlila? Vrindavan no. Das Thakur. Hmm? What is his affinity? Hmm? He says it in Chaitanya Chakravarti. He reveals his heart, seeing war on the banks of the Ganga with his students. What can I possibly compare this to? I could compare him to Brihaspati, the guru of the gods, but that wouldn't be fair because he's partial to the gods, and Gaur is impartial. He gives his blessing to everyone and anyone without any discrimination. Hmm? I could bear him to the moon, I could use it, but the moon has marks, and he's spotless. He goes on like this. Then he says, but there's something I could compare him to, if I think about it. I met his Krishna on the banks of the Jamuna with his friends, eating lunch and a picnic. And oh, my heart desired that I could serve 
and enter into that picnic. He says like this. Like the other life. He's the Vyasa of Gorli. <laughs> we come to Sukadev. Well, <laughs> that's the next the disciple of Vyasa. So anyway, we can make an argument. Now the I mean, argument's the other side. That, that that's fine. There are different ways to look at these things. Who are the who's who? That again, that's a big, big subject. Hmm? No problem. There are different angles of vision, but we can make a good case for it. And without a doubt, hmm, there can be no argument that the current of Sakiras has a, a place in Gaudi Sampradaya. Hmm? It is a, a window of opportunity that has been made available that, that, that um, some devotees would be touched by. All good. Hmm? And these two, Sakya and Madhurya, they are extremely compatible. Hmm? You, the Gaudi Vaishnava, you really can't have one without the other. If you study the Vedas, you can't have one without the other. So we look at Brahma in this way, hmm, in terms of his being in Sakya Ras, but how, where, where will we find him in Gaurila? Well, it's said by Narutam that Gaurangir Sangagani, Nitya Shiddha Gaurimani. All the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are Nityasiddhas. But there are other opinions that they're not, like Sarabhuma Bhattacharya, according to Kavikarnapur's Brihaspati. He's not a Nityasiddha. Hmm. Oh, there are many different opinions. Hmm. That doesn't make him bad. <laughs> He's a Sadhana Siddha. Hmm. So, who is Brahma? Well, there are different opinions. But one of the prominent opinions. Though he's a sage, uh, all of the opinions, well, I should say, um, um, a prominent opinion, an opinion about the Vinod Gimna Navarita Mahatya, also in the way to Prakash, and other places we find that Brahma, in the Brahma Mohan Leela, which we're going to discuss, he in his own mind offended Krishna. And as a result of that, the Brahma, who is Vidhi, his name is Vidhi, follows all the rules of Varnashram very perfectly, became an outcast outside of the Varnashram in Gorlila as the way to refer to him, Brahma Haridas. Brahma Haridas. It's said that if you offend Krishna's form, which is non-different from his name, that's not good. But while the name and the form are non-different, at the same time, there's a difference between the name and the form. Leave it to Gaudiya Vaishnavism to confuse you. What is the difference? If the name is more generous, than the form. So if you offend the form, the name will still come to you. Brahma offended the form of Krishna because he saw Krishna as a gopa and it looked like his guru that he saw at the dawn of creation, but now maybe it was an impersonation of him because how he was conducting himself with these coward boys didn't look very guru-like. They weren't following all the rules. He wasn't with the Gyan Mudra instructing the boys and 
Upanishadic wisdom. So his mind thought this maybe he's an imposter. It's a long story, we'll go into it. But anyway, because of the offense, he had to become take birth in Gorlila. Such a poor you'll call it an offense, but take birth in Gorlila. Not too bad of a reaction. <laughs> but by that he he got access. He, this is how he finally entered into 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 the into the his ideal of Sakiras. It began at the dawn of creation. It might take us a while. Might take us a little time. Be patient. Hmm? Brahma was got the impressions for Sakyarasa, the dawn of creation. It took him a long time then to enter into Krishna Leela by Krishna's arrangement to see what Sakyarasa is really all about. Are you sure you want it? That's what it's like. He was confused about it. Hmm? He got straightened out about it, but he made some slight offense. He had to go to Gore Leela. Bhaktivinoda hmm? says, he, 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 Brahma himself went to Godrum, that's the island of Kirtan. Then he prayed to Sariyastakur, who was the Nam Acharya, the name stayed with him, never left him. So we can make an argument like this, which is that Brahma has an important role, and of course the Brahma Vimohila, which we'll talk about tomorrow, as a leela, what it, what, it, what it constitutes before going into it, um, it, it, it is um, he plays a prominent role in it. So, Manavi Mohan Ki Jai. Any question? So, I talked a little too long today. Forgive me. Pay attention. Such a long talk, but I'm not always in control of how long it will go. So. What's the time? Quarter past one. Okay, so we'll stop there. We'll have time for questions in other sessions. I see some of you there. Nice to see you all. Okay. Hare Krishna.